It's time to be heard. It's time to stand up and be counted. It's time for One Too Many Voices with your host, Love Scopes author and father of all things One Too, Mark Husson. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of One Too Many Voices. This is a really interesting panel for me because it's a topic that I think about a lot and maybe because I, I am one of those who thinks like the topic of worst case scenario. And, and I want to know what it is. I want to know what it means. I want to know if you guys have it. I want to know how you deal with it. And so I picked some people from our community who you may or may not know, but it's such a diverse group and they're such a gifted group that I can't wait to get their take on it. And so let me introduce them really quick, starting with the one to listen advisors, you know, and love Jamie Don. Jamie, are you here? I'm here. Hi, hi. Hey, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Also, another Thanks one to listen advisor who has um, a, also a radio show, which we're going to announce soon, all the stuff they do. Please welcome Katie Weaver. Katie, you're here. I'm here. Hi, everybody. Hi, Katie. Welcome, and thank you. Also, you may recognize this face, one of the sweetest people that uh, if you could give a, an award to one of the sweetest presences on the Internet, it's, it seems to be April Joy. Her name is really fitting, and she's here with us. It's so exciting to have her. April, are you with us? I am. Yes, I am. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yay. Glad to have you. And also a repeat performer for us, um, I, <laughs> a singer, a songwriter, uh, a gifted poet. I would like you to welcome, please, Mr. Mark Daniels. Mark, are you here? Mark, how are you, buddy? Good. Good to have you back. Now, you guys, it's interesting to note that we have, um, the, 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 we have three, and this was a total accident. I just thought of it in my mind three cancers on the panel and one wow. Aries. Is that crazy? That's so crazy. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I think based on, on what we're talking about, we need lots of nurturing, right? <laughs> not only that, absolutely, we need lots of, lots of nurturing. And the other side of that is I don't think anybody worries more than a cancer. So <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> we're about to find out how it works. So it's so good. I really did. That is an absolute coincidence. I'm so happy. And, and little April is our, our Aries out on the in the in the corner of the ring who is willing to confront these little crabs and um <laughs> so you guys the reason i wanted to do this today is because i think i've noticed during retrogrades and during times like that sometimes our minds get into thinking that it's a little turns on itself sometimes there those of us people listening to particularly who are worried or who think you know like this could happen or this could happen. And I had just read, and this is where I got it from. Somebody had posted a postcard that said, worry is a misuse of imagination. And I just loved that concept because it seems like exactly what happens. So what I wanted to do was, first of all, find from you guys where we get, um, where you stand with being a worrier, where you stand with um, let's say where you stand or where you stood with worst case scenario thinking, were you one of those people who would always like worry enormous or are you? Um, so let's start Jamie, just really quick, bring us into uh, the difference between the Jamie now and the Jamie that was, um, the young Jamie and how your mind changed for better or worse. 
Oh my goodness! Can we say ulcers? Maybe when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I worried over everything. I grew up in, a, in an environment that had a lot of worry and fear, so I just carried that around everywhere with me. Now, because of where I'm at in my life and all the tools I've learned and the work that I do, I I worry less. But it doesn't mean I don't worry. Because the minute I say that, I promise I'll have something to worry about. <laughs> yeah. So you you grew up in a family that sort of uh, worried as well, sort of promoted the idea of keep your radar on is that what you were saying? right yeah. right i mean they they always said don't worry because worrying is a sin but we worried about money we worried about you know where uh, jobs and saying the right thing and being the right person and making sure we look the right profile things like that you mm. know all those things that feed a great healthy self-esteem right exactly yeah <laughs> katie so how, how I was, was it over there myself i know well you, of course you were you had to be um katie you um grew up mormon no uh-huh, I did. How was that in terms of worry? Um, you know, Jamie, I two things that are really making me laugh is that I, too, had major stomach issues growing up that culminated in a major stomach surgery at 17. So, yeah, same kind of stuff. And, yeah, there's a lot of – in our community, there was definitely a lot of keeping up with the Joneses and, yeah, um, lots of secrets, lots of secrets in, in this religion and in this community. And so there was a lot of worry about what you were supposed to say and what you're not supposed to say and what you're supposed to do, not supposed to do. Um, and I definitely carried that over with me into my, my early twenties when I first started to have my babies. And, and when I was, I was running a daycare and I worried constantly about my daycare families and about what people thought of me. And, you know, I worried myself silly and I'm a recovering warrior now. <laughs> I wanna, we're going to talk about that because I want to <laughs> know how you did that and what your techniques are. So that's really great. Um, Mark, can we have a little before and after history with you? Yeah, I mean, um, well, one thing like is right uh, on the top of my mind right now is worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it gets you nowhere. Very good. Okay, good. Well, I can see that one floating around the internet now in my mind. Good. <laughs> Give Mark credit. Okay, but I have to. Uh, yeah. I have to refer to Jamie's um, recent posts on Facebook because I think she's been coming up with some some brilliant material. Like the other day, she posted um, eating chocolate in bed is a necessary component to the evolution of love. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, it does make you happy, doesn't it? Truer words have never been spoken. <laughs> Jamie, you, if you ever doubted you were being read, that is so good. So, Thank you, Mark. Yeah, I love that. Where, um, so, Mark, what do you think? Where are you with worry in your world? Um, learning to let go of it. It's tough. Like you guys said, it's um, pretty much integral in, in me. So I'm just learning to release it, you know? Okay. And then can I just for verification purposes on a scale of one to 10, 10 being uh, the strictest religion in the world, mate, let's do five, one to five, five being incredibly religious. What scale was your family, Jamie? Five. Okay. And Katie? Uh, probably four. Okay. Mark? Probably like a one, zero or one. They weren't religious. At all. Okay. Okay, so let's slide over to April Joy. So, April, where where were you younger, older, comparatively with uh, worry and negative thinking? Um, when I was a kid, I don't really remember being a super warrior uh, or worrying a lot. But at age seven, I do remember um, going back east with my dad 
and going to his mother's funeral. And once I went to her funeral, I remember asking him, why do people have to die? So I remember being starting to worry about death yeah. um, around that age. So I think um, that was one of the things that I had to face over my lifetime is like close family members passing away yeah. uh, tragic, tragically. Yeah. And because of that, now I just don't worry about it at all <laughs> because I feel like I've already faced it. Nice. That sounds like a, yeah. that's like a, what a Scorpio would say, though. I know you're an Aries, but yeah. <laughs> you know, Scorpios are notorious for, um, in their mind, um, burying people that they love like over and over and over because it's like that's their fear. But also they confront fear by by going directly into it. <clears throat> so were you uh, on a scale of one to five religious background, April? Um, <laughs> one to five, I'd say like one okay <laughs> there's so, no religion really like great. it just was a very spiritual i guess but from my mom's side but there's really like not really a religion it was kind of laid back childhood so what i guess i was getting at was i wonder how much the idea of pleasing god or going to hell or being bad would play into the the concept of worry and it looks like jamie you get the prize for the most intense <laughs> family upbringing so jamie do you remember um have have you as you matured developed techniques i'm sure you have but if you can you describe maybe one of um uh, one of the most helpful things along your way that maybe sort of shot you over to the other side and i'm assuming that when we're talking about worry we're talking about somebody who thinks um should i do this should you know this the worst thing could happen this is really bad or da 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 what's the nature of your mind your negative thinking do you know what i mean by that question sure. okay sure i've i've gone from one extreme to the other to find the middle ground that's always been my mo and so for me, worry could go from I'm not worried about anything to I'm paralyzed, I'm stuck, and I can't move because wow. I'm so worried. Yeah. You know, so so in or, when I get to that I'm paralyzed, stuck, I can't move uh, spot in, in worry and fear, that's where I, I start. I actually start by trying to do a walking meditation. I'm not one that can sit when I'm in fear and worry because I have that nervous worry, you yeah. know? So I, go, I move my body. I dance, I sing, I put on, you know, crazy music or whatever, or I go for a walk, um, even, you know, yoga, something that helps me move through it. That's the pragmatic technique that I use. The esoteric uh, technique I use is um, EFT. I love emotional freedom technique because it, again, it allows me to move my body while I'm talking through what is happening for me emotionally is the other word for eft tapping yes tapping. okay tapping so those of you listening so tapping really works well for you right jamie is that what you're saying yes. Yes. okay so um katie do you relate to you both have children i jamie you have yes. children and katie has children katie do, do you think children played a major role in helping you or did it make it worse oh when you're a mom you're you're like the day that you find out you're pregnant with that first baby, you go straight to worry, you know, and worrying about the pregnancy and am I doing the right things? And what if I'm not doing the right things and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And so, no, I think the kids really make, make for worriers. But I think I agree with you, Mark, that, well, I think you said this earlier, but that, uh, you know, that's not really great energy for your kids because we don't want to raise the next generation to be, 
you know, worriers that are keeping themselves held back as well. And so for me, it really took coming into the realization and really understanding the fact that I really am always in the right place at the right time. And even if things suck and things don't go my way or the way I think are my way, that that's just the way it is right now and that I am in the right place at the right time. And that realization and understanding has helped me to move through a lot of worry and fear and not really have it anymore. Very interesting. April, you're a mother too. I didn't want to leave you out of that as well. Um, yes. Do you agree with that? The, yes. Okay. So <laughs> I was like online looking things up like, oh, I'm not supposed to have like the heating pad on my belly or I'm not supposed to go in the hot tub. I'm not supposed to have bacon because there's sodium nitrates in it. Like I just went like crazy <laughs> when you're pregnant, you know, you like, yeah. So when you're, when stuff. you guys are pregnant, the first part is like probably a lot of fear and worry. And then as your children are understanding you, there's probably this thing about, Oh my God, I don't want to send the message that life is scary. So I've got to, st-, you know, you might develop some good techniques to hide your concern. It yes. seems right. Yeah. That's right. Um, so, Mark, children in your family? Do you have any children? Um, no, but with a chart that has um, three planets in Cancer, <laughs> I pretty much consider myself the biggest mother on this this panel right That's now. right. That's right. Well, you're <laughs> you're talking to th- you're right three Cancers, right? And if you count me, we're talking four. So I yeah. think everybody relates to the mama part. And I so how. Do you use that when you're in the thick of your your mind? Now, now a lot of the worry I'm talking about is when the mind, for a lot of you who don't recognize it, and especially cancers, there's a place where it just doesn't look like I can pop out. There's nothing there. I can't get to the to happy place. No. Um, this is like bugging me. Or if let's say somebody calls and, and there's something pending and you're not going to be happy until that thing is, uh, there's a solution to the thing, uh, whatever it is. How, what is, what would you tell me a technique that you learned or one of your, um, one of the things that brought you to a place of like, okay, that works for me and I'm going to use that more. Do you have one of those? Yeah, that's the worst part is actually worrying about being worried. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it creates so much anxiety. And uh, like it's similar to what Jamie said for her techniques. I just get out and like move and be physical. Yeah, so you do the physical thing. Okay. Yeah. You guys who do the physical thing, I'm so envious of you. Um, I wonder how many of you, now this is a personality sort of question, how many of you are the type to not get excited? Here's the phrase. Don't get excited until the check is in your hand. And that that applies to anything. Okay. So like, let's start, Jamie, do you have, you know what I'm talking about? I do. It's like waiting for the other shoe to drop. You yeah. Know? Yeah. 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 Like, are I'll, you, I'll believe it when I see it. Right. Are, yeah. And do you do that? Are you one of those people or do you celebrate? Uh, right I celebrate. Away? I, now I will say this. It's, it's, I can tell you it, is the age of 35. I'm giving away my age. I'm 38 and I'm not ashamed of that. But I'm, you know, at the age of 35, there was this switch that happened in me. And I was like, you know what? I am not going to keep being in this old energy. I've got to break this pattern and this, I, I want to change from being the worrier and always waiting for the shoe to drop, waiting for that big bill in the mail to come. And I was like, I'm going to celebrate everything. And, and here, my little personal experience is talking about money, right? Because cancers need financial security to be happy. Right. And, and so, so here I was worried to death at, at this one point being a mother of teenage children and all this stuff. And I said, I need to make this change. And I suddenly 
doing some of the different energy work, real the switch came when I looked in the mirror. I was like, wait a minute. These creditors, these people that are sending me bills trusted me. I'm a great steward of money. I, I'm getting these bills because they trusted how good I am with it. And it was it was I started celebrating. I was like, man, I'm I'm really good this month. I love that. <laughs> I so that's that's where I'm at now, but that's not where I was before. Yeah. Oh, that's really that. It see, it's like the subtle switch. I do. Yeah. I I really appreciate that. Katie, are you a don't get excited until the party until you have that check, or can you celebrate and be willing to have the drop if it the the hope drop if it if it does? Oh no, I'm the celebrator. I I'm always expecting the very best thing to happen. You wow, know? I love that, does, really? <laughs> yeah, and if it does, great. And if it doesn't, it's because it wasn't the right thing to work out. But no, I, you know, I, I borrow a phrase from Martha Beck, but I love the phrase being stubbornly optimistic, you know, yes. and being stubbornly optimistic in the face of anything, even if it doesn't seem to be logical or reality to someone else, you know, <laughs> but it is reality to me. Nice. That's, I, that's just really good. Uh, Mark, are you, um, do you wait or do you celebrate the minute you get the news? Uh, my father would bust out laughing right now if he heard this question to me because him and I have had so many arguments where I'm like, Dad, we're not going to celebrate this victory until it actually happens. He's like, it did happen already. It's happening. I'm like, no. <laughs> It hasn't happened yet. When it actually happens, we're going to celebrate. So, so I guess I fall on the pessimistic yeah. end of the spectrum, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. April, where are you on this thing? Do you celebrate before <laughs> or do you just wait until everything's in place and then you sort of celebrate? <laughs> um, I'm like super excited until the check's not in my hand. <laughs> and then um, I'm like sad for a day and then I'll wake up the next day like ready to take action, like problem solving mania, you know. That is so crazy. <laughs> I love that. See, I am I have to side with Mark here. I absolutely people get really mad like when there's such a non-emotion around it for me. Like, oh my god, what aren't you excited? I, I am excited when the contract is not. I am excited when the thing is there. because all I'll do is change my life around it and then get I'll change my life around as if and I don't know that I want to bear the disappointment because but you know yeah, you know ahead. why you do that though is because you've felt that disappointment in the past and you are so sensitive to being disappointed yes. that you don't want to set yourself up for it. Exactly right. I don't want to go through that again. It's hard for me to build myself back up once I hit that. So I'm, so what it comes down to is never, I mean, I, I did it one time recently. I let myself have a chance at it. I mean, I, it was a, it was a, um, a promise of a book, right? And I was like, okay, good. This was about what, it was about six years ago. And I was talking to Hay House and they're like, oh, okay, we're going to let you do the book. And I'm like, yes, guess what I do? This is me. Yes, guess what I do? I go order the most expensive, well, in my world, the most expensive Toyota I could think of. Like, all right. <laughs> it was a, it was, I do it by phone. I'm like, I want, you know, this little RAV and I want blah, blah, blah. And, I, and I'm doing it all by phone. Like, I'm the richest man to get the But this is why it's dangerous for me to celebrate, right? So I go down, I look at it, I'm so excited. I sign the papers, I get a phone call. We've changed our mind. We're not going to do the book. And I mean, literally, I was like, 
I th- that moment was like that's why I don't celebrate because I'm an idiot. Number one, I go celebrate way too much, and I I just hurt myself in the process. And number two, eventually I did get the book and I did manage to sell the car that you know I shouldn't have had anyway. But uh, in the moment, it was like that I just get too happy, <laughs> so I don't want to <laughs> do that anymore. Do you guys walk around with a sense of like when? Now, as people in the world, are do you feel like the world, like age, has jaded you on any level? Are you less optimistic or do you feel um, – where is your level of optimism and does it have anything to do with your spirituality? Jamie, back to you. Yes, it has a lot to do with where I'm at spiritually. I think life experience is a great teacher. Um, you know, there – Part desire and and partly this is kind of my journey, if you will, is is always having a spiritual minded um, perspective on life. Why did I come into this world into such a deeply religious family? You know, I mean, yeah. I've always had it. So age definitely makes a big difference too, because the way I I look at things now, I always make this statement. My kids are nineteen and seventeen, and I'm like, you know, if I could did this again, I would be such a different parent. It's not that I was a bad parent, but the things I know now versus what I knew then, you know, because yeah. I was a young mother. Yeah. It's like, geez, I've come a long way. <laughs> now, do you feel that your um, your attitude now is um, uh, way more supportive of for you internally, way more supportive of who you are as a person than it was younger? Absolutely. I'm a lot more tolerant of myself. Nice. So I I was very impatient with me. I'm like, why am I repeating this again? Why am I doing this again? You know, whereas now it's like, okay, I, I get it. I'm I'm much more open and, and accepting and tolerant of my process and, and, you know, kind of letting things happen organically instead of because part of the worry comes in when I'm forcing something or I or I'm trying to control it because I fully admit I'm a control freak. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I can't control something, that's where the worry sits in. And then I'm trying to find every angle possible to solve the problem, make it happen and then more worry. And so, yeah, I'm in a much my attitude towards it is to. Let go and go with the flow. Nice. Katie, are you nicer to yourself these days? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I think life, insu- or life insurance, wow. <laughs> I think that life, life insurance. Wow, that's where I'm at. <laughs> I think that life uh, experience definitely, you know, I mean, that definitely comes into play. And for me, I uh, really, in the religion of my religion of birth, there's so much expected of a mother. And really, when I when I left that religion, I was just, it was a huge breath of relief because there were so many things I didn't, wasn't beating myself up for not doing anymore. But even, you know, later on in my life, I I lost my mom to breast cancer about 18 months ago. And at that point, I let a lot of things go. You know, I just finally realized, you know, it's okay if I don't do this today. It's okay if I'm not that concerned about this and that. But it did also make me be a lot more matter of fact and upfront you know, I can talk to people about really difficult things and situations without shying away from things or, you know, feeling weird about talking about them because, you know, when you've walked through fire, there, there's nothing to be afraid of anymore. It's so true. I, I so agree with that. Go ahead, April. Yeah. You have... Oh, yeah. I totally agree with what you're saying, Katie. You have a do you, do you did you face a similar thing in your life, April, where you just had to go, okay, being negative is just not helping here? Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh-huh. I lost my sister three years ago. She was twenty two oh, years old. Jeez. And so now I'm just like I mean, anything that pretty much comes up in my life, I feel not in an arrogant way, like it doesn't matter, but to me it's more of a piece of cake. 
compared, mm-hmm. right? It's like, compared, yeah, yes. that's so there's something to that. I'll tell you, yeah. there's something to, and I know that people used to say, you know, next time you've started feeling sorry for yourself, go look at this poor guy or whatever. Sometimes that works for me and sometimes it doesn't, but, but it. go ahead, Mark, say it. I know I feel you. Yep. It doesn't uh, like hit home until it's really, really close to you. You know? Yeah. Like what April and Katie were saying is I lost a brother too at 30 years old. And now my father has recently, you know, had to deal with losing um, his ability to walk. And it's just like you see people struggling at these immense levels and then all your little trivial problems sort of evaporate, you know. But it has to hit home. If it doesn't hit home, then it's, it's like you said, it doesn't really affect you. Yeah, I, I am. You guys have really confronted some things in life, and I think. Do you think those things to confront those and to come th- that there was a moment where you had to make a conscious choice to get through it, or you know what I mean? Did it just is it just life brings you that on its own, or did you do you feel like you had to put effort to like okay, I got to keep going? Actually, on that long question, let's just take a break really quick. We'll be back in five minutes. This is Mark Husson. This is One Too Many Voices with an amazing panel talking about worst case scenarios. See you in a minute. Mark and his guests will be right back after this short intermission. Oh, I get by with a little help from my friends. Mm, I get high with a little help from my friends. We can all use a little help from our friends as we move through our daily lives with all of the various ups and downs. I'm Kathleen. My friends, the archangels and other light beings, invite you to join us at Kathleen Peterson and Friends at 11 a.m. every Friday, where I channel their messages of love, support, encouragement, and guidance. Won't you join us? At Kathleen Peterson and Friends, right here at One Two Radio, changing the way we think about the world. Yes, I get by with a little help from my friends, with a little help from my friends. What do you see when you look deeply into your heart? Can you see your heaven on earth? Is the enchanted garden in your heart filled with an abundance of flowers, angels, unicorns, waterfalls, maybe rainbows? If it isn't yet, allow your garden to fully bloom now. My name is Anushi Asta. I am the host of Heaven on Earth, a weekly show where I help you plant the seeds of abundance and love into your heart's garden so that you can live your dream life. Tune in Thursdays at noon Pacific here on One Two Radio where we are changing the way you listen to the world. So there I am standing before a pile of rocks in the yard, a 30-something stay-at-home wife and mother of two adorable daughters. I have a house to tend, I have meals to cook, and I am sleep-deprived. I pulled these rocks to plant flowers. It's what you do, right? My babies nap, and I should too, but here I am just staring at those rocks. How did I get here? 
I'm a concert pianist, an artist. It's all I know. Two buckets of water later, I'm washing those rocks, one at a time. My mind wanders, searching for understanding. And just like that, the desire to find the through line is born. Join Christine every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to listen and discuss all the amazing ways the through line is showing itself to you. That's the through line with Christine DeMaurier, live on 1-2 Radio, Fridays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. Looking to be motivated, motivated, activated, activated, inspired, inspired, empowered, 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 empassioned. Call me, Susan Dentino, on 12listen.com. I will get you the answers you seek. Together, we will make it happen. In a land of myths and a time of magic. Oh, yes, Merlin's magic and ancient stones. What? No, not those kind of stones. I mean Stonehenge, Avebury, Glastonbury, Tintagel, Merlin's Cave. Come and find out more about being on the Merlin's Magic and Ancient Stones Tour with Val Camosi and me, Erica Longdon. Friday at 8 Pacific on 1-2 Radio. Hi, I'm Mark Husson. When I created 12listen.com, I envisioned a service that could offer immediate relief from the dilemmas of daily life. On demand. I knew that many of you have been hurt by similar services on the internet because I've been in this industry for over 25 years, and I know that when you're hurt, the promise of a fix sounds irresistible, regardless of who's offering. The advisors at 12listen.com are extraordinary, not because they've endured weeks of observation and testing, but because they promise to make their work here their number one priority. That means you will be speaking to someone who's here for you. We're not a perfect service, but we believe becoming a perfect service starts with having the courage to strive for perfection. I am Mark Husson and 12listen.com and the 12 family are my purpose. Give us a try. And if you've tried us before, try again because I'm convinced that life is better when you don't feel alone. Thank you. This is Heather Hildebrand, host of Days of Faith. You're listening to 12 Radio, changing the way. We listen to the world. If you'd like to be a guest on a panel, drop a note to voices at 12radio.com. And now, here's Mark. It felt like a choice. It felt like a choice for me. Um, I just feel like there's no other alternative besides just... um, staying strong and keeping on going on that's really what it feels like it feels like there's really no other choice like i just made the choice and i'm gonna yeah to push through yeah yeah do you ever feel like um any of you guys felt that have had these losses you ever feel like sometimes the grief is just too much to bear I mean, you know what I mean? Like you're not going to come through the other side of it. The reason I'm asking is because sometimes I think people won't go through their grief because of that fear. (laughs) So, I mean, was there a moment at all for any of you, any of you had moments where you just thought you were, something happened so hard that it's just, I don't know that I'm going to make it. Can I 
Yes. Say, you know, I haven't had um, the same loss experience as the other three panelists, but I will say that, you know, in my own experiences, I've had devastating emotional loss, if you yes. will. Yeah. Um, and and there's been moments where I've gone through different things like that where I I literally have said, stop the world and let me get off. It's not that I'm, you know, I, right. don't get me wrong and let me just emphasize this. It wasn't suicidal. This was just one of those where the emotions were so overwhelming that I didn't know what to do. I mean, when I talk about paralyzed, it's like curled up in fetal position, yeah. not being able to move. And that is so scary. And so, and when you're alone dealing with that, it's like, you know, what I love is, and I'll just interject real quick, Mark, where you were on Betsy's show, and you had said you had to rescue you. Yeah. And those are those times where you have to rescue you. And, and it's like, that's all you can do because you're all that there is. Mm-hmm. And I love in Course in Miracles where it said, if you knew who walked beside you, who made you every single day, you would never be afraid again. Yeah. That means that's where some of the most powerful spiritual tones can come in and help. And it's, I do understand. And I think people, thanks for sharing that because I think people don't have to have loss to know devastating emotional pain. I think we have to have reminders that we can get through it. Um, Katie, did you, um, uh, you're dealing with your dad now also. And I think that you're confronting so many things in life. And what would you say keeps you that, what keeps that optimism afloat? What keeps it happening? Well, for me, and and it's true, yeah, my dad is in the very late stages of prostate cancer. And so I've been taking care of sick people for a long time because my mom was sick. My parents actually did chemo together, and then she got really sick and died. And now he's just, you know, been slowly deteriorating. And anyway, it's, it's, yeah, there's definitely days that I go, my God, what lottery in hell did I lose? You know, (laughs) 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 it's been pretty awful, but at the same time, I, I'm really committed to finding the beauty in each day and taking it a day at a time. And like with him right now, his pain meds have made him pretty crazy and delusional. And he has said and done some of the cutest things I've ever seen in the last few days, you know. <laughs> and I think, you know, I and I'm determined to look at it that way. But in talking about grief, I think that it's really important to say that it really, really is important that you allow yourself to go through situations like this the way you're comfortable, not the way society says that you have to, but the way you are comfortable doing it. When my mom died, I felt like a lot of people were pushing off on me. You know, you need to take some time off work and you need to go to bed and you need to, you know, you need to, you need to, you need to, because that's how they thought that you go through grief. I did it my way. I trusted my gut. I trusted my angels and my guides. And I did it the way I chose to do it. And I feel like that's something that even us worriers, we worry that we're doing it wrong, you know, or we worry (laughs) that we're in the wrong place for this. And I just think everyone needs to be able to set themselves free on that and go through grief or go through really intense, you know, emotional distress the way you see fit and the way you're comfortable with without having to make any excuses to anyone else. That's great. That's great. Comments, anybody? Yeah, similar similar to what you're saying right now is like we always have a choice. Yes. And that's the thing that I keep in mind. Like during those very scary, uncomfortable, dark moments, I remind myself that I actually do have a choice about the attitude I'm going to take for Mm. this given circumstance. You know, we always have that, even in the gravest circumstances. 
Yeah, it's like we have choice. And, and if we can take the judgment out, I think what happens is we actually can have the experience that we're wanting to have. Like losing people that we love, I think, could invoke an enormous amount of rage. Well, I wanted to to kind of veer. I don't want to take Dude, away, from, take the, away. from the loss. But, but um, you know, veering away a little bit with just tough times in our life, many times, and so many of us are being called right now and, and paying attention, and I can tell you how many clients I talk to every day that are like, I'm, I'm tired of this pattern, I want to break this pattern, I don't, you know, that sort of thing. And we have to remember that in breaking a pattern, that what it does when we're trying to release ourselves and we say, you know, I don't want to be in this situation, sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. Yes. Because it's like taking a child and saying, okay, you get to stay up all hours of the night and then suddenly you give them bedtime, they're going to rebel against right. that bedtime to start with. So we have to be very gracious with ourselves when we're saying, I'm ready to release this pattern of always being angry. Watch how many situations come up that you get angry at. <laughs> but the difference is, is that you start to make a different choice. Like Mark was saying, you always have a choice. And I, my kids shoot me every time I say this, that they hate it. But I'm like, you may not like the choice, but you always have one. That's really good. I agree oh. 100%. I'm I'm allowing other people to jump in. So jump in, you guys, if you hear something or are moved to say something. But, you know, I remember in therapy classes learning that <clears throat> anytime you release something, whether it's a bad habit or a um, – uh, a good habit, anything, you know, or you start something new, whenever there's a loss, it's truly the body experiences as loss. So when you quit cigarettes or when you quit uh, a diet of bad food and start something different that you experience loss and sometimes it can evoke pain. And that's maybe why a lot of people don't do it because they're afraid of that moment of pain. And also people like experience loss differently. Yes. Like what you were saying when you didn't cry. At yes. the funeral, like when my brother passed away, I didn't cry for the whole wake either. And then a family member came into my bedroom about two weeks later and she was like, you are a, you know, swear word effing cold fish. Oh, no. But she, but she didn't realize that like every day I'd go out running five miles or something. And then the whole run, I'd just be weeping during the whole run. Wow. For his loss. So, I mean, people just experience and they grieve in different ways. So good. It's so true. And I think it's uh, such a good point about us being careful how we judge other people and their emotional right. reactions. Right. I think that's true, too. And I know one thing that I've experienced a lot of is people saying to me, you need to take care of yourself. You need to take care of yourself. Promise me you're taking care of yourself. And I always think, what the hell makes them think I'm not taking care of myself? Like, <laughs> I have a lot going on. I, I have to get out of bed every morning, you know. And and I think that, you know, in supporting people, we can support each other going through a difficult time without laying down judgment about how they have to do it, you know, in lots of ways. And I agree with you, Mark, uh, you know, that going on a run and going through your grief in that way was the way you did it. And someone else not understanding that, it doesn't really give them the right to judge that that's okay or that it isn't. It's all about those judgments, though, you know? I mean, that's one thing I'm definitely trying to overcome right now. So do you think that ultimately that's a manifestation of their own fear and worry? Yeah. I mean, where else would it come from? Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't come from a place of strength, right? 
No. Well, what about the possibility that if you didn't have that guilt in you, there'd be nothing for their judgment to stick to? So maybe in a way it might be a great opportunity. Like if the comment hurts or if it bugs us, we get a chance to look at that judgment in ourselves, not the person. Like they're great. They just do the role, right? You're going to do the role of the bitter aunt. I remember when I – this mm. one aunt who I go to – when I go to home, the first thing she says is, well, one thing we can say about Denver, you're not starving. <laughs> Oh, bitch. you know, and it's like, I know just like that's her hello after seven years. Right. But it's like, whatever. But the idea is, so what if it, if I, let's say that I went home and I was the thinnest I'd ever been in, in the best shape. And she said that to me, wouldn't I kind of look at her like you're a nut, but because I already have the guilt that I, yeah. Oh, you're right. I, it sticks to me. So I think people who say things to us, instead of like worrying about what they're saying or why, if it affects us, it's a great opportunity to go in after that little belief we're holding and a way to support ourselves. Yeah. I have a, an experience. I do remember um, after my sister passed away, a friend of mine, she hosted a dinner for me and my family. And I remember her saying, I, are you, do you think you're in shock? And it kind of, <laughs> and it kind of like threw me off because you know, my, my reality with it was that I felt like I had already grieved because I knew she was going to pass away Yeah. like before she did. So I felt like I had the chance to grieve while she was still alive. Yes. Yeah. So at the dinner, she, when she said, do you think, I think you might be in shock because I wasn't like maybe emotional or, you know, I didn't have the, um, uh, well, I guess the emotions that she thought I would have, I guess. So right. that was one of the experiences of, I think, maybe being judged. I It's it's a terrible feeling because in a way you feel like you're doing something wrong. But wouldn't it be great to have little George Carlin in your head all the time where you look and go, no, it's amazing drugs. <laughs> I just really have a one. great doctor. And, you it's know, with a big smile on your face. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, it's so funny. And it's also a good cue for us to recognize when we're feeling the same thing about other people who we look at in their way. Because I know we have critical minds. I mean, I think cancers particularly do um, just because it's sort of like how we sort of chop, chop, chop through the world. Like, is that a nice person? Not nice. nice. And, And we read people. And so it's easy. I remember in the store when I ran the store. You know, people would walk in and I would just like, look, they didn't even look up. They don't even say hi. Mm -hmm. And then I watch myself walking in stores. I don't look up or say hi to anybody. Like, leave me alone. But yet I was really being judgmental. So it's, it's a nice thing to watch for ourselves. Oh, I think that's really true. And just that. I, I like the idea, Mark, and you kind of said it earlier, that when people say things like that to us that touch a nerve, they're really show, showing us a mirror, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's definitely a nice time for some inner reflection to go, why is this bothering me so much? Or can I just cut it loose? Because really, that's just more worry. That's right. It's just more worry. And I do think we have to watch what I call our Velcro. We all have one side of the Velcro. So if somebody says something and it's sticking and I can't get it out of my head, I know they're being a mirror. Even though I just want to go beat them up so I don't think about it anymore, I know they're being a mirror. And it's just uh. tough. Some of you don't want to own that stuff. Now, when you guys do prepare for travel, um, do we have anybody here that's like has – do you, do you have any kind of fun phobias to share? Anybody? Well, bringing up travel, yeah, I am, I am travel insane. I'm a real homebody, you know, and I have three kids and six dogs and really comfortable on my little homestead, you know, and 
Yeah. I do. I do have to travel for work from time to time, you know, and once I get there, I'm okay. But I have many times, I can remember really clearly a couple of years ago, crying almost all the way from Idaho to Denver. (laughs) (laughs) When I left, one of my kids had a hard time and that made me worry. And I was worried about my dogs and, you know, and again, the worry, worry, worry. And, you know, then to check in later to discover that at home, that everything was of course, just fine. And that there was nothing to worry about, but travel is a huge one for me. And is it? Uh, does it doesn't matter how, whether it's by plane or car. It's just leaving home is brings up some fears. Mm, yeah, is that it? Okay, just curious. Anybody else have any things? Um, that, go ahead. I do. Like so, when I get on the plane, I mean, like after having kids, I do think about the kids. Like if I'm traveling by myself, I'll just like say a little prayer, like, okay, let me get back to my kids or whatever. But one thing that helped me fly was, um, being able to watch Bravo (laughs) the entire flight. (laughs) (laughs) Was that reality TV Bravo? It was. Yeah. You know, okay. So, um, I think again, we have a mother thing here, even though it cancer mark. Yeah, for sure. But I do think, I think the same way of um, who I might leave behind, you know, like I don't want the plane to crash, not because I'm afraid of dying, just because I feel it's so important to so many people, right? <laughs> and so I know it's arrogant, it's, it's, cra- it's like crazy, but I do go, I don't want this plane to go there. There's things I have not taken care of. There's people I want to let know stuff, blah, blah, blah. But any others? I mean, uh, Jamie, you got any phobes? You know, I don't have the phobia as far as transportation goes and traveling. What I get a little bit nervous about is getting somewhere and being lost. <laughs> I love a good I love a good adventure, but I'm also one that loves to educate myself and I don't want to end up in the wrong side of town and part of that is a fear of being a female. Um yes. you know us Yes. Us as women, you know, we're and I grew up in a small little town, so it was like, you know, the idea now that I'm traveling all over the world the way I have, it's like, what if I end up in the wrong side of Jamaica, you know, yeah. and I'm some Rastafarian gang that decides wants to rape me or something? I mean, those are, that's where my mind goes, <laughs> oh, right? Geez. So those are the phobias. It's not necessarily. I don't. I love to fly. I love to. I love to, to fly a- too. Yeah. No, I get that. I I swear to God, we were at Taos going taking this little handmade sign road that's casino but it was painted and halfway down this road where these cars are stacked up on the left hand side i go what if this was a trap for (laughs) tourists and they're gonna no one would ever find us again and i would not stop i was freaking out i didn't know what to do so i started going like 80 90 down these roads until we saw this little tiny casino and i said i am not getting out this car till i see one person come out that building i am not and i said i was a little brat but i was like i know they're gonna hijack us and kill us sometimes it just gets crazy okay mark you got any yeah i mean i don't even want to leave the front door I don't even want to leave my apartment, let alone get on an airplane. I mean, as soon as I realize I ran out of water or dog food, it's like panic starts kicking in. Oh, my God. I actually have to leave. I love it. It's so because cool. the apartment is yeah. so it's so freaking cozy. You yes. know what I mean? It's like all the art that I love is here. Everything I like is here. Why do I want to go outside? Now, 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 am I wrong or is this a little similar to uh, Katie's, right? Now, that brings us around to the people listening because this is so fun to talk to you guys. What is the – okay, your your home, 
you're you're everything's okay in your life, but your mind starts into that little creeping sort of like I'm not feeling safe. I think everybody knows that feeling. Everyone on this panel I know knows that feeling. There's nothing triggering it. It's just a, a small sense of what we might call discomfort or, or malaise. Like, okay, there's just something not right. First of all, do everyone kind of know what I'm talking about? There's nothing causing it. You just don't feel all the way right. Oh, yeah. Okay. April, you know? Oh, like nothing's causing it? No, okay. There's no real source for it. I just feel, ooh, this is kind of a weird day. Like I don't yes. feel safe, right? Overall, yes. non-safety. So now what we're going to close with, you guys, because you guys are so good at this, um, just, can you give us what you would do and what you'd recommend? Because let's say you have a caller on the line or somebody listening to the show right now who's saying, I just don't feel safe in my life. Can, can you tell them what you do? That might make a difference for them, um, even if it's take a walk, if that's, all, if that's what you do. But is there a source that you call upon? Is there a book that you open? Is there a place you go? Is there a friend you call? Um, and just and I don't want to put you on the spot, but if anybody has one of those, let's, I'd like to leave our listeners with a sense of what, what comforts you and where do you turn when you're just not feeling good and not feeling safe? I'll just go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah. Mark, you can go because you – Yeah, you, yeah, I'll just say like – the one thing I try to do is to find the moment, like, to be very Eckhart Tolle and just say, like, what is happening right now? Okay. Let me try to get into this moment instead of what my mind is telling me to do, which is out of the moment. It's all kinds of predictions about what might happen. And let me bring it down. Let me bring the energy down and just try to be present. And that's that's the one nice. thing I try to do. Try to get into that now. Okay. Yeah. Jamie, what do you do? I'm a processor. I call somebody I trust and I feel safe with. Yes. And um, and I process through my fears and, you know, my shameless plug is call me. I mean, that's that's why I do what I do because I create a safe environment for others because I want that so much for myself. So I call somebody that I feel safe to talk to and process through what I'm feeling and thinking and trying to get out of my head and back into my heart. Very sweet. Um, Katie, what do you do? You know – if if I can pinpoint what it is and where it's coming from, then I will send a big blast of love to that situation, whatever it is. Nice. I think sending some Reiki, sending some love, sending some angels is the most effective tool that I have for, you know, feeling safer. And then just also remembering that, always going back to that same affirmation that I am in the right place at the right time and that whatever comes at me is something that I can handle and it will be okay. And then it just makes everything so much smaller. Nice. Nice. April, what do you do when you get that I feeling? Give myself a few words. I'm like, April, nothing's permanent. Aww. This too <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, this too shall pass. It's all is well. I'll take like a couple deep breaths. Yeah. yeah. And give tomorrow, it to yourself. Tomorrow's a new day. So now, you guys, you know what you contribute to the world just by your willingness to be here. It's it's monumental and it's beyond words. And what you've contributed just to, to be here with me is just such a fun thing. I just pretended we were all on the phone like old friends on, a, on our little time together. Um, before we go, I would love for you to let people know a little bit about yourselves, where they can find you. Uh, if you have anything you want to share or a website you'd like them to see or something you want to um, – Put out there. This would be a wonderful time to do it. And let's just start like we did at the top. Well, uh, Jamie, well, let's just start with you, and we're going to go in, in the circle that I see visually in my mind. <laughs> sure. Okay. Sure. You um, 
Thank you again, Mark, for having me. It's been such an honor. And to all the panel, um, you guys are awesome. But you can um, find me at 12listen.com, of course, 12 Radio. My show has moved to Wednesday mornings now, 8 a.m. Pacific time, 11 a.m. Eastern. And um, that's the best way to, to reach me. I would love to talk to anybody who wants to feel safe. Tell them what the name of your radio show is. It's a wonderful show. Oh, thank you. It's uh, called It's a New Dawn. It's a new dawn. Wednesday mornings now, you guys, early, right after the Course in Miracles uh, daily lessons. Wonderful show. I hope you call. You take phone calls, too, on your show, don't I, you? I take calls. Yes, absolutely. All right. We're going to have fun. That's absolutely right. Welcome to Wednesdays. All right. And let's, um, Katie, what, uh, tell us about you, where they can find you. You've got, you have a list, I know, of things you're oh. doing. <laughs> I do. Mm. Um, my website is thepsychicsisters.net, and of course, I'm there with my sisters. And you can link up there from my bio to my blog, and then to I have two radio shows. I have the Psychic Sisters on Thursdays at four, and then I also have my own show, and that's Indigos, Crystals, and Rainbows. Oh my! And that's a show that is all about indigos, you know, crystals and rainbow children, and even all the adult indigos that we have running around. Mm. And uh, their interviews are Wednesdays amazing. At noon. That's Wednesdays too, and the mm-hmm. you guys have got to tune into that. When you hear her talk to these kids and the kind of uh, issues that come up, you'll be so grateful that somebody's doing what she's doing. So it's um, Wednesdays at noon. So we got two great Wednesday shows, and then you're on with your sisters, uh, the mm-hmm. Psychic Sisters Thursday, just to underscore that. So go ahead. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yep, and we have a ball on Psychic yes, Sisters. Yes, you do. You right. do. Lots of laughs, and then um, of course I'm a psychic advisor for WhenToListen.com, and I'm on there nearly every day. So so lots of easy ways to connect. And then my Facebook page is Katie Weaver. That's my fan page. So I keep everything that I have going on posted up there as well. Nice. So go friend or you guys stay in touch. Um, so Mr. Mark Daniels, what, what, what is all Marky about? What's going on with you? Well, I'm pretty easily found like on the internet. You just type in Charlouse, C-H-A-R-L-U-S. And that's my music. My new album's coming out next month. And it's exciting, pretty easy to find. So it's great music. And you have a a Facebook page. Is that the Facebook page that you said to Charlus? Yeah. Yeah. The Facebook.com. What is it? Backslash Charlus music. Charlus music. And Mark spells his name with a C. So that might be easy to distinguish. Mark Daniels. And he is an amazing poet. I hope you get to to learn and and discover who Mark is. You guys, it's a fun, it's a fun journey. Thanks, Mark. You bet. Last and certainly not least, the lovely sweetheart, little April Joy. I don't know why, April. To me, you just, you, you're just someone I just want to pinch all the time and say you're so adorable. And <laughs> not that anybody else nice isn't, pinch. but yeah, it's a nice pinch. Oh yeah, the good pinch on the cheek pinch. Um, but I want That's you to. Sweet. I'll take that. Yay! Well, so tell us about what you do and where people can find you. Well, I've been writing poetry, and I love children, so. I made a page on Facebook. Um, so it's facebook.com slash kid thoughts. So it's K I D T H O U G H T S. And then I have a personal blog, um, spiritual cosmetics.blogspot.com. Nice name. Thank you. Nice name. And what do you do for a living? Um, I work with children. Um, at a gym at LA Fitness. 
So thank you so much for coming on board and, and having this panel with me. We got to do more. We really will do more. Uh, those of you listening in, this is One Too Many Voices. It's on every Thursday. We do a lot of replays, but more importantly, this, it's, a, it's on One Two Radio. And, and these are people that have listened to One Two Radio and have fan pages and Facebook pages. Love them, okay? And let us know how you're doing. And you guys, you have a wonderful week. Thanks so much for stopping by. Let's do it again, okay? Thank, Thank you, Mark. Adios, awesome. guys. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. very awesome. much. Thank okay, you. Bye-bye now. Bye. See you. Ciao.